This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to this Monday morning edition of Community Connection. Today we have Cher Pollock back with us, and it's always a pleasure to have Cher on. Um, just a reminder, lots of good things going on around Vermilion County, over in Covington, our area. People are getting ready for Christmas. I think every shop I've been in now has Christmas items displayed and lots of events. So make sure you're getting out and taking part in the community. We have people working really hard to give you a well, just some enjoyment this holiday season. So make sure you get out and take advantage of that. Um, again, we have Cher Pollock with us. And Cher, always a pleasure to have you on the show. It's always a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. You're welcome. So for the people that may not know you, I don't know who that would be at all. But for the, for anyone that doesn't know you, tell them what you do. Um, I'm director of the programs at... Um, our Hazel Street Y location for Crosspoint Human Services. And that entails a number of different areas. And, you know, I, I was thinking about, well, first of all, the, the Y is so lovely. And you think about the different pieces of it and the history of it. I know that's important to the Crosspoint board to, to keep that building going and to keep some of that history. Talk about the building and those facts. Oh, I, you know, I'm a history buff and I love old buildings. And so this is the perfect place for me to be as the Y is over a hundred years old. Um, we have, and, and it, it's significant that it was a group of women back in the day of long skirts who, who made this building be built and the Y programs to start. Um, so yeah, we try to honor, that's why we call this, you know, cross point at the Y. It, just in honoring the history of this building when it was a YWCA um, and housed women. Women lived here. I hear, I always hear stories of we leaned out the window and watched the parade. Um, and I, I love that hearing that about this building. Yeah. I can only imagine, you know, just, just thinking about the structure of the Y and, you know, going up and down those stairs and those skirts and, you know, gathering in the parlor for tea and just the yes. different act, the swimsuits they probably were wearing for the, uh, you know, the swimming pool, just envisioning what that would look like. It was yes. definitely a different era. A different era. Yes. We have pictures of all that. And I, I again, I love that. Uh, and we still call it the parlor, even though it's a place where we have meetings and board meetings, uh, but it's still the parlor. Mm -hmm. Well, it's just so fancy. You know, it, it has that air. I think when you walk in there, I, I feel that air when you walk into that room. Mm -hmm. A lot of history in there. Yes. Definitely. So talk about the services that you have there. Um, in this building, we, of course, have our early learning center for those who are looking for really reliable daycare and an early learning program. We serve 15 months to six years. Um, we have our domestic violence program and shelter, and we have our transitional shelter, which serves homeless women and children. And then that flows into our permanent housing program, um, where we have units that we help subsidize. And also within that program is our rapid rehousing funding, helping people get into housing quickly so they're not homeless. And then 
last but not least, is our partner abuse intervention program, um, which, you know, is kind of full circle in serving those who are involved in domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And we will have um, Jesse Pierce on Wednesday to talk specifically about the partner abuse intervention. So we won't really touch on that too much today, but we'll you know talk about the other pieces i know most recently my niece was trying to get her three-year-old into some type of um you know educational system and just overwhelmed you know there aren't a lot of options right now and so i think sometimes people might forget that they do have the option there at the cross point at the y yes um early learning is is scarce right now and just like all the other um employers across across our state we need workers we need people uh, we're short staffed in that area and so anyone who loves children or is a preschool teacher please come and see us um, but it is difficult yes there aren't a lot of options here for early learning Mm-hmm. And you have such a great little center there. I mean, you know, we do. You haven't been it's beautiful. There, and the playground area is really nice. Yes. Yes, it's very beautiful. That's that brightens my day when I, you know, can uh, I, I disrupt the quiet lines by waving <laughs> to the kids and talking to the kids as they're transitioning to the gym or outside. But it brightens my day. Um, you know, one of the things that I get a kick out of seeing are the children taking a, a walk through downtown Danville. Yes. Sometimes yes. you'll see them doing that. And I'm like, you know, what What a treat that is, you know, both for the people working downtown. When I was at DACC, I used to love it when the Child Development Center would bring all the students through for mm-hmm. a walk. So, you know, I get to talk to them and I get to see them on their little mission. And so when I see them downtown, it just reminds me of that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, well, they sure, that. Yeah, and it's just, again, a good way to get out. And uh, I remember from back back in the day, Cher, I, I thought I wanted to be the director of a child development center. Don't ask me what I was thinking because that really wasn't my – I thought it was my wheelhouse, but it really wasn't my wheelhouse. But anyways, uh, going through state requirements, one of the things was that you had to have outside time every day unless the weather mm-hmm. was miserable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, then being able to go for walks is a great way to meet that requirement. It is, yes. Okay, well, let's take our first break and then we'll come back and I want to talk about the homeless lunch. Welcome back to Community Connection. This morning we have Cher Pollock with us and she's at Cross Point at the Y. And Cher, there's a, a kind of a tradition that's been started with a homelessness lunch. And I'm sure that's not the title of it, but fill us in. It's our um, annual soup kitchen. It started back in 2008 where when um, my coordinator of housing, Linda McLaughlin, had an idea to have a home a lunch for the homeless or those in need of a hot meal and she took it to our local continuum of care which is all the about 10 to 12 um, other agencies that deal with the homeless and we all come together and work together um, and so they started having this um, luncheon in November um, during the week of national, the the national week of hunger and hopelessness. 
Um, and all, and we honor all of November as um, Homeless Awareness Month. But that's when we always have this luncheon. So this year it's on November 15th from 11 to 2 in the gym at Cross Point at the Y at 201 North Hazel. And is that something that's open to the public? It is absolutely open, open to the public. As I said, anyone who is homeless or is in need of a hot meal um, should come. We have soup. We usually serve soup and sandwiches, lots of desserts, you know, wonderful desserts and other snacks. All the agencies that are in the continuum of care will be there. And there'll be clothing giveaways, personal hygiene, um, and you can meet the other agencies that and they can talk about how they can help you um, with your needs. And so it's a really excellent event. Uh, last year, I believe we served around 200 people. And we're hoping to top that uh, this year. Mm -hmm. So talk about homelessness. When you think about, you know, I had a couple of people on last week and we, Trisha Keith was on, we were talking about mm -hmm. shoes and homelessness came up. And then uh, uh, we had Wendy Lambert um, talking about a sleep out for the homeless. Talk about the propensity of that in this Vermilion County area. Well, the thing that's interesting for us, because we have the domestic violence program also, is there's really a bridge between domestic violence or abuse and homelessness. And very often you can go back in someone's history who comes to us homeless and there's some kind of domestic violence or abuse that started that downward spiral of, ho of housing insecurity. You know, one of the misconceptions about homelessness is that it's only single individuals. And if you talk with Trisha Keith, you probably heard that that is not true. Um, almost 60,000 families are homeless on any given night in the United States. Um, and you can imagine how that interferes with the children's education. It disrupts family life. It often has to separate families because here in our homeless shelter, we serve women and children. So, um, you know, the the father, the dad, the spouse has to go to another shelter. And so that disrupts the family life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things that Trisha brought out was that, yes, we do have homelessness here. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And it isn't it isn't just the people that you see walking the streets. You know, we know a lot of the people that are chronically homeless it is again people with housing insecurity they're paying way over what they they can afford for their housing and that puts you on that edge or the family breaks up and then that individual can no longer afford their housing and so they're evicted and so we see a lot of different circumstances and try to remember that a lot of people are just one paycheck away from being homeless. Right. Um, so your event that's happening on Wednesday, so uh, what are you hoping to, to provide with this? You're going to provide the meal, but what else do you help, hope ha happens? 
Well, we're hoping that people will get connected to the other agencies and individuals that can help them and serve them throughout the year. So if they're hungry another day, they'll know where to go or they have a need for a coat or for shoes, they'll know where to go. And that's what we hope happens with this by having all of the members of the continuum of care or other agencies who want to be there representing their services. And we hope that they get a few supplies if they need a coat or they need some socks um, or they need some shoes, they'll be able to get that that day. And, and yeah, believe it or not, like winter really is around the corner. It may not seem like it one day, but then the next day you're going to see it really is just around the corner. And, you know, of course, there are resources available. Learning about those resources, a very important first step. And, you know, I even encourage people, if you're involved in any type of, um, oh, I can't think of the word, but if you're involved with people, you know, it's really good for you to understand the resources yourself. So maybe you're not the person mm -hmm. in need of those resources, but understanding those resources and being able to refer people is a, a very important first step. You know, I think of, you know, our, our people, our pastors and our congregations and, you know, just other people in the community, um, you know, even healthcare industry, just knowing what's available is a great first step. It is a great first step and can be difficult to keep up with. So mm -hmm. I know uh, when we have our continual meeting, the first thing that happens is everybody goes around and talks about anything new they have or, or updates us on their services. Because even for those in the service, you know, the social service industry, it's hard for us to keep track um, of all the services out there. And if we can't personally help someone, it feels really good to know where to refer them. So you're right. That is a really important piece and an important piece of the uh, the soup kitchen day. Right. Um, so I, I want to get into the topic of the rooms at the Y, but, but that'll be more in a couple minutes. So let's jump into our next break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about, you know, the housing there and how that works. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the final segment of Community Connection this morning. We are speaking with Cher Pollock, Crosspoint at the Y. And Cher, um, one of the things I always talk about, I, I always like to give honor to my mom because she worked in the domestic violence mm -hmm. shelter for over 30 years. So, you know, I kind of had a firsthand, well, maybe a secondhand. I don't know if it's called a firsthand, but I had a, you know, a great look at the services that are provided there. And one of the things mom would always talk about, um, different groups would come in and they would sponsor a room or they would sponsor, you know, whatever. Just talk about that. Uh, we have had that occur, yes. Both of our family rooms and have been remodeled um, by groups that have come in and have painted and replaced the furniture and just made things more cozy. One of the pieces I'm always working on and the staff are always working on is trying to make things more home-like and more cozy. And sometimes that can be as simple as uh, painting a color rather than, you know, an institutional white. Um, and so, yes, we've had that occur and we, uh, we appreciate 
all the community support. We could not do what we do here without the support from all the churches and the other agencies and the community at large. Mm -hmm. As we move into the holiday season, it always seems to me that you have a, a lot of different groups or people or families wanting to pitch in and do things, you know, wanting to make like one big impact. And so, um, you know, I was always reminded that this would be a, a great opportunity to do that. So what are the shape of the rooms now? Are there rooms that need, you know, what are the needs? Um, well, I can tell you our maintenance crew does an excellent job. We are always in need of the things that furnish our rooms, you know, like uh, twin sheets and bedding and pillows. We go through lots of pillows. Um, and so those are those are our needs currently. Um, in our kitchens, we, for some reason, I think um, we eat the silverware that we have. And so we're always looking for silverware. Um, I try not to use glass in there, so we use, you know, plastic for dishes and cups, and we're always in need of that. Things, you know, really get used um, when there's a lot of people that come through, um, and so we're kind of continually replacing those items so that people have nice things um, to use when they're staying with us. Mm -hmm. My husband and I actually just had that conversation this morning. He was asking, where are all the spoons? Well, I know what's happening. The grandkids throw them away. I know that's what's happening. Um, either that or it's like the sock in the washing machine. You know, there's yes. always socks being taken. So either yes. there's a goblin stealing socks and spoons or the children are at fault. <laughs> Here so, it's forks. We, we Somehow we're always out of forks. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. So, um you know, being in trauma, and when the families come to you, they are they are in trauma, and yes, you know, they at are. that moment, and they've probably experienced years and, and months of of trauma. So, having a beautiful place, and again, providing a home structure, I know that's very important to you. It is. It is. Um, it it's something we continually talk about how to make how to make sure they're. There, that were trauma informed in our environment, um, which can be a challenge when you're in an old building like this. Um, but trying to make things cozy, trying to make things feel um, less institutional is something that we work on a lot. Um, you know, we'll put a quilt, you know, in um, one of the in the rooms when we set them up. We try to set the the rooms up with all the bedding and the personal hygiene items someone will need so that people feel welcome. We give them a tour and orient them and especially the kids because this is a scary experience for them. They've just left everything behind. Um, and so oftentimes we'll give them a special toy or a stuffed animal or again, uh, whatever their, their particular need is or anything that comforts them. We try to do those things to help people feel welcome and feel safe and secure. Mm -hmm. And as we go into the holiday season, you were talking about the need for the twin sheets and the bedding, the pillows, um, kitchenware. Are there any children's needs that you can identify? We're always looking for children's clothing. Um, though That's harder to come by, probably because kids wear them out um and and then um you know things like educational games 
those kinds of things we look for for the kids. Um, books, um, movies that are appropriate, you know, that are nonviolent movies. Those are all things we look for for the children. And then, of course, the universal Play-Doh and paint and, and art supplies. We go through a lot of that because it's very comforting for kids to be to use art to work out their feelings. Okay, so audience, as we're listening to this and you're thinking about, you know, if you're going to be doing extra things this holiday season, remember Crosspoint at the Y and the services they provide. Cher, what else would you like to tell us this morning? Um, I, I want everybody to know that when you come here, we have a comprehensive array of services. Um, we provide, you know, care coordination, case management. We're going to connect you with benefits. If you don't have any benefits, we're going to help you with job skills, with housing information. We're going to talk about self-esteem and empowerment. Um, and so you have somebody that's walking through this process with you to try to help you when you leave here, you're leaving here to a safe and secure environment. And then, of course, we are under the umbrella of Crosspoint Human Services. So we have all of their therapy services and their medication assistance services um, that we can call upon, that we can refer women and children to. Um, and that's um, a really big asset also. Mm -hmm. That is, isn't it? When you can work together like that and, you know, I sometimes get very tired of people duplicating services and there's no need for us to duplicate unless the, you know, the needs beyond that, which, okay. That's a whole other, I almost pulled out my inner Linda Bolton on that one, you know, <laughs> so, you know, not duplicating, but working together in partnership working together, utilize mm -hmm. resources. It's the best way to secure funding and, and other things for our area when we work together and we're a true team. So congratulations on that partnership. And of course, you're under that umbrella. So that makes it easier. But, you know, even joining with all of the different agencies you're joining with for the soup kitchen, it's a great example of that. Yes, it is the thing that we really like is that the continuum of care comes together we plan, we work together, and we're a big team. And that collaboration is so important um, and feels really good, to be honest with you. Very, very true. Well, Cher, thank you. We've actually ran out of time. Um, audience, again, the Soup Kitchen, it is Wednesday from 11 to 2. If you need to want to learn more about services, uh, definitely go there. If you are somebody that needs a meal or knows a family that needs a meal, make sure they get up there because, again, as Cher said, there are going to be so many different resources there. It's a great opportunity to take part in that. Cher, thank you for joining us this morning. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay, audience, we'll be back in the morning with another show. Um, until then, enjoy your Monday. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.